Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. This episode is sponsored by AppSec Phoenix, the next generation application security platform, enabling organizations to run application security programs in a smart way. Visit www.appsecphoenix.com to learn more. Hello and welcome again. This is your host, Francesco. Today we have the honor and the pleasure to talk with Jane about a number of subjects. We're going to talk about diversity, starting in cyber, mentorship, and what's a challenge for entrepreneur, and how to share and how to keep back and hold back whenever you're an entrepreneur, but also in cybersecurity. We're going to touch on all these subjects. We're going to hear from our community. And as always, the podcast is going to be split in two parts. Hey, welcome, Jane, to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No, thank you very much for making your time, coming to our community, helping us getting better. So let me start by asking Jane a little bit of an introduction of yourself we we know each other for a yeah yeah quite time now but maybe for our community to introduce ourselves so i am a cybersecurity entrepreneur um, a best-selling author and a speaker and i own a company called cybersecurity capital and we are a niche training and consulting firm where we believe that a failure to attract and retain women is making us less safe and we work with leaders and we work with women in cybersecurity who are ambitious high achievers and who have a give to gain mentality And through the solutions um, that we offer, we really are driving the market with data-driven conversations, and we're doing a lot of research with the work that we're doing. And we offer three solutions out there in the market. The one that I'm working on, so we do coaching, we do training. Um, The one that I am bringing to market right now is for women, and it's all to do, it is actually all to do with mentoring but it's so much more. So it's about skilling up and there's a big focus on soft skills. And we're looking at uh, people who are coming into the industry. We're looking at leaders and we're looking at entrepreneurs. And that's my big focus for this year. And next year, it is really on the leadership aspect. Um, so that's, that's what we do um, as, as an organization. And you've been, you've been involved in, in the community with your insecurity community, your big... Yeah. Order of yes, woman yeah. in cyber. Yeah. So I've been in the industry for 22 years this year. I built my own global penetration testing company. I've worked with, I've worked for some well-known security consultancies, and I've also worked with some um, of the accreditation companies like OWASP and Crest and helped bring Cyber Essentials to, um, to market when it launched. Um, yeah, and I'm a board advisor. I'm a judge for many awards. You know, I'll win awards myself and I'm shortlisted, which is incredible. It's just the icing on the cake. But I do a lot of work um, around around that. So right now I'm a judge for SE, SE Awards, uh, the Business Book Awards, the European Business Awards, and the New Zealand 
tech awards and there might be another one coming next year <laughs> quite quite a few awards. Yeah. And, and probably we're going to touch yeah. base because me and you we just absolutely exactly. yeah yeah absolutely so we do a lot of work together on the entrepreneurship side of yeah. things yeah so and I'm I'm your host Francesco, the director of NSC42, and now director of the Cloud Security Alliance UK in Ireland. Yes. So chair, uh, I've recently announced the directorship from uh, last week. I think we we did the votes and it was unanimous vote. So yay me! Hey, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Here to actually sponsor the community. I do. Well, I mean, me and you do a lot of initiative for women in cyber. At, I'm a keynote, so whenever I have some free ticket, I offer it with priority yeah. diversity, woman in cyber. Actually, on that subject, last week we did a very, very good, uh, very niche roundtable on how to start in cyber for women and um, Asian and black women. They were literally starting, and the great thing about the roundtable we did it with Seda, and it was great because all the people that were around the table were starting in cyber that that day or that week you know they were really coming from different fields so it was great great moments so i'm going to okay. share some of those moments and some of those questions as videos uh, in the upcoming months so stay tuned great so on the subject of actually cracking into security <laughs> how did you start into security how did i well a very very unconventionally i think so i came into security in 1997 and I went straight into entrepreneurship. So my background is in art and design. So I have a BA honors from Loughborough University in woven textile design. And I fell pregnant just after graduating. I worked as a, as a designer. So I was a nominated young British designer, worked successfully, if you can call it that, as a designer, but really couldn't make ends meet. And I was a single parent supporting my son. And so what somebody said to me was, you've got a good brain, you know, it's time to go and get a proper job. And, you know, this was prior to the internet. So for me, I looked at what I could do and I retrained. I ended up in sales and then I ended up meeting someone and starting, starting a business in technology. And because I was interested in technology, but I would say definitely a bit of a Luddite, um, the only two things that interested me were artificial intelligence, because I thought that was really interesting, um, or security. And artificial intelligence was just too new in those days, but security really was just getting off the ground. And so that's what we, that's what we started with. We, we did um, consultancy, we did uh, high availability servers and networking and implementation. And uh, we sold locally to begin with as a value-added reseller, and then and we niche down. So I'm, I'm good at spotting trends. We niche down and specialized um, about five years down the line and became purely penetration testing. And in those days, there were very few pen, pen testers um, around. So it was quite easy to become very well known. And we were a technical, very technically orientated. So we only worked with leading organizations and buyers who really understood the market and we also only took on board consultants who were top of their game so when it comes to pen testing some of these consultants are they're still in you know they're still around you know some of them are CISOs now um, they're in leading positions I, I know a few of them yeah, exactly you know yeah so <laughs> we had yeah yeah we had an amazing company I'm, I'm very very proud of that company and what we did I really am 
Yeah. So how hard was to break up from the company? Because I've, I've sold and break out from a few of them my own. And I know it's a, it's a struggle for entrepreneurs because it's like our baby, right? Yes. Um, I mean, the, yeah, that is a whole story in itself. And there is a very, very big story there. Very few people know the whole story and I can't go into it. I'm not in a, not to kind of go into it right now, but all I will say is that was my baby. So it really was, you know, when you build a company and we'll probably touch on this, but when you build a company, it's like you're giving birth to something and, and any of the mums, you know, if there are women who've had children, particularly they'll understand what, what it's like. And then if they're entrepreneurs, they're really going to understand it, but it's like you're giving birth, you know, you've got that gestation period. So you're giving birth to something and you're excited and you're scared and then you know, this baby arrives and, and you start to grow it and, you know, you make mistakes and you're learning as you go. And, um, and then you kind of move through these different phases, you know, the, the teenage phase, you know, the, the, the toddler phase, you know, then they're like, um, yeah, Going that, up and yeah, exactly. And, and then the, accelerating and all, and the exactly. And all of those things happen and, and it's an amazing journey. Just like life is an amazing journey. Uh, and it's a roller coaster and it tests you. And we were an organic, you know, my company was an organically grown company. So we chose not to get investment and go down that route. Um, so we grew everything organically. And yeah, like I said, there were highs and lows with that. And the company almost went under at one point. So it had to be turned around. And yeah, that was, again, something that I'm very proud of doing. But it's, it's part of the journey. So the highs, the lows, you know, the winning of clients, the losing of clients, um, and and so on. So on the, I've been on that journey on on some. Of the, <laughs> I shared I share some of the pain, and I never went for VC founding because yeah. it terrifies me because I lose control of my company. This is it. This is it. And yeah, you lose control, and you can also lose uh, your job. So yeah. it's just mm-hmm. like yeah you know, lose control, lose your job and potentially lose your business. But then there are all the advantages, you know, that you can get from, you know, getting, getting funding if you need to take your business in that direction. Yeah, you get acceleration, but you also get somebody that controls your board, somebody that gave you direction and maybe it's not your direction. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. good and a bad. It depends how exactly. you spin it. But it's um, an experience. Yeah. yeah, I've known, I mean, look, there are loads of success stories from, from that that I can think of you know companies that just wouldn't have achieved it unless they'd gone down that route and have great success stories you know built developed you know r&d innovation teams great sale you know so it it definitely can work so from my perspective i would say service company that shouldn't go to vc it should be grown organically because you retain that control and that quality of a product you can scale really really quickly if you have the right backing yes. vc or angel yeah. investment yes and i know that you are on on the advisor board a few of them so you must have had some experience exactly 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 i mean it's almost i think you could almost say there that we're moving into i mean certainly when you build a service company in terms of the um, return on investment that you're going to get when you sell it it's not as high as if you've got a a product company Mm -hmm. so what i'm seeing are more companies you've still got companies going down say particularly the pen testing route you know there are loads of of companies little companies that are starting out wanting to scale and they're just offering a very traditional model in pen testing and then 
kind of expanding into other service areas around it. But the, the return, if you want to build a company as an asset and, and sell it, they're not, it's not as great as it would be if you were building product. So what I see are more and more companies going down the kind of service slash product line. So they are packaging the service up as a product, mm -hmm. which I think is smart, and then developing the, the IP, the methodologies and things like that so that they're adding more value. value. Yeah, yeah, from, from, from a sale perspective, a long-term perspective. Which and the valuation yeah, goes up. Exactly, which I think is a smart, smart thing to do. I really do. Yeah, and the valuation goes on the skyrocket. I think just today VMware announced they gobbled up uh, Carbon Black and another and another service company. The valuation was over the roof. Yeah, yeah. Higher than the VC were evaluating. Yeah. And I have a few friends down in Silicon Valley that were just like, yeah, we didn't expect that to happen to company to work with me one day. This it's is like, it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, again, it comes down to strategy. It's just like, what's your strategy? You know, is it, is it growth through acquisition? So all you're doing is literally just is buying companies and growing that way. I've seen, you know, I've seen some companies operate very successfully and grow very, very quickly just on a, a growth acquisition strategy, you know, as opposed to really growing their sales teams and developing business that way and maximizing that opportunity. So it's purely through, through acquisition. And then they sell, you know, sell at the right time um, and make, make a lot of money. Yeah, no, that's good. But it's still giving up your babies. That is, is, exactly, is <laughs> yeah. And then, and then if you can't see your baby, you know, which actually was this, the position that I was in. So no contact, nothing. So it was, it was, I can't even see it. You know, my team, the people that I cared about, you know, I, I had no contact. I wasn't allowed contact or anything like that. And that's then, so I, I walked away as an employee to begin with and then I walked away as a, as a business owner you know with the sale of it so yeah no contact not allowed um, it was just fun this episode is brought to you by the generosity of AppSec Phoenix Limited AppSec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software. Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev-first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. From a woman perspective, what was the biggest challenge in starting in getting into the business, into the entrepreneurship mindset? So, well, say for me, the biggest challenge I had was not as a woman, and I wouldn't have recognized it, and I wasn't kind of brought up that way anyway, because I was brought up with the mentality of you can achieve anything that you want, you know, providing you work hard and you set your mind to it. And that's how, suddenly how I bring my kids up and how I bring up, you know, the, and, and mentor and, and train and con consult those around me. So I see a lot of limiting beliefs in mm. You know, it, you know, a lot of limiting beliefs um, around. Um, so you can do anything that you want. And the biggest challenge that I had when I started my business was actually age. And again, I think that was more my perception of it because I was in my 20s and I looked young. So it was just like, I didn't know much about tech and, and security in those days really was, was technical. You know, it was born from a technical, you know. Background. Exactly. Environment. 
IT security, information security, and so forth. Now it's kind of evolved. But I was very conscious, and I don't think anybody else cared so much, but I was very conscious of my age and would I be taken seriously because I was only in my 20s. Now, the truth of the matter was and still is, is nobody cares. You know, mm. nobody cares as long as you can solve their problem. You know, if, if you come across as being professional, and for me, I always made sure I, I care so much about my clients and I always have done, and I care about quality. Um, so reputation and quality of service uh, is absolutely paramount to me. So what I would always do was take care of the take care of the client, take care of the prospect, and make sure that I got them the best advice that they could. You know, and I would stick my hand up and say, if I don't know the answer, then I will get you the answer and make sure that 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 comes to you. And in some cases, be the facilitator. Which certainly, say, when I was working for a pen testing company, to me, you know, that's that's hardcore techie stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can never be that, you know, I've had a, at some times, you know, the, the pen testers say to me, you say you're not technical, Jane, <laughs> but literally you're talking as if you are. And I don't actually say I'm not technical anymore because it's not really, it's not really relevant. It never comes into a conversation that, that I have. You know, I'm about leading teams. I'm about helping people to, to deliver the best work that they can. And so much of that actually comes from the mind, the yeah. mindset, mind, mindset rather, and the skills that you have to, to lead yourself. And then if you're leading others, you know, your, your team or, or company. I think it comes from the fact that we are a very, very, very technical background, well, technical industry, and then we were trying to change. Now, security, we used to be the guys sitting in the, in the back of the room, you know, in the yeah, dark, in the dark. Exactly. And now with the cool kids are on the block, on the yeah. stage, and we need to be evolve. recognized. Exactly, evolve, yeah. recognize that there are different shape and aspect of it. And cyber is not just techie stuff. It's not just upsec. It's not just development, but it's a whole range exactly. of things. Exactly. And everybody's welcome. Yeah. And it makes it so much more interesting. I think it makes it so much interesting. I mean, some people will get scared by that and fearful. And you see that in the way that they react, or you see that in the words that they use or the way that they try and steer conversations and then use technical, technical jargon to alienate people but you know to me that's that that goes on and that's something that you can you can deal with that's any 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 change is scary right as an change and people that have been in this industry for a long time and maybe they don't know they lose their footing and i lose my footing by time to time when i see things coming up and it's like what the hell is this I know. And also we work, I mean, as people, as human beings, we work very hard to maintain the status quo. Yeah. So we don't like change and we're in the business of risk. So <laughs> any change is, is, is risky to us. Yeah. This is our business. So, you know, we, we're the best at it and the worst offenders, you, you know, and, and this is what I see. I see so much, so much, so much pull and tension. You know, we're in tech, which is evolving rapidly, and we're going into the fourth industrial revolution, which is huge uh, speed. Yeah, absolutely, agility and things like that. But yet we, we are slow, you know, so it's just like, and I understand all the reasons why we, we want to be slow and we question things, and we, sometimes we question things. But, um, you know, we, we, we don't like change. We're risk averse, but yet we're in technology and technology has to move and evolve and, and move at speed. And technology is all about advancement and creativity and evolution. That's what I, that's what I think. And you can't fight it. 
you can't, can't fight it. it because it's gonna it's gonna just swipe you away and you're gonna be the guys left behind yeah if i can if i can ask you something so when you started you, you came from an artistic background so how yeah. did you leverage your mindset and skill set and your these kind of tools that give you the edge and ultimately that gave you the edge over the technical pure technical background uh well i had a deep desire so i've always had a good brain and that stood me in good stead and i've been open to learning so this whole continuous improvement and always wanting to always wanting to be better you know so yeah continuous improvement always wanting to be better always learning always reading um, and mixing with people who can who can help you know people who believe in the same things as as me and can help me we're going to build this company and the objective is to sell it and make millions so that for me i could go off and and get back to my art because i couldn't afford to do my art which was my passion so it was very much a case of this is a great opportunity this is a way to earn great money as opposed to i love this industry i care so deeply about it i care so much about the people this is why securing your business um, and your country and and individuals matters you know which is which is where i am now so i am obsessive about supporting the people in in our industry and improving security and making sure that we are um, absolutely understanding the problem rather than the symptoms of our industry and, and and moving forward and doing a better job of reducing risk because that's really what our business is you know so so that kind of how it diff- differs you know yes i do want to make a, a ton ton of money but the most important thing to me is actually helping people and being true to myself and and moving forward from that perspective as opposed to this is a great opportunity i want to make a shed load of money and then <laughs> and then retire with millions and that's so, that's the difference i think that's the difference from a person that just invests in a company or a person that is personally invested in a company and has a why a cause a, absolutely a yes we are on a mission and we have a responsibility towards the um, towards the society where we live because it we are is, in this field yeah. and we're here to defend who is not mm. able to defend himself this is it and it's and it and that's a personal choice as well you know so say when i when i talk about this and we 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 completely agree on this subject but when i talk about it, it it it's very much that's your call if you want to go and build a security company if we're talking about entrepreneurship and um, your objective is purely to go and make millions, then fine. That's, that's who you are and that's what you want to do. And that's fine for you. But that's not fine for me and the people who I resonate with and who yeah. come and join the insecurity tribe, which we didn't actually speak about in the, in the beginning, you know, which is this tribe and it has a code of conduct and it also kind of follows on from the book I wrote about really performance, but by... Um, using women as a lead in order to get greater diversity um, in every aspect into our industry and actually improve the way that we go about these things. So improve our thinking, our decision-making and ultimately our, our performance. But it, and so, so therefore, as with everything, the people who I do business with as clients, as partners, as students and so forth, as employees who come and work for me or suppliers who, who, who come and help me do the stuff. We all believe in the same thing. You know, that's, yeah. how, that's how we rock and roll. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a great, that, that's how we, we, got, we got close to each other because it's like we resonate, we have the shared vision, a shared mission. Exactly. And yeah. that's, 
that's a great thing of, of your insecurity communities. Like, you know that by getting in that community, getting in, in our community, either you resonate, you resonate with each other and with, with us or you don't. And this perfectly is happy to walk away. It's like, this is our community. This is our why. This is our mission to exactly. the society. This is exactly. what we want to be. And there, and there also is, completely agree with that, there is so much out there for everyone. So say, you know, one of the, the core values, you know, for the insecurity tribe and certainly for, for me and how I do business is this whole abundance. You know, we are moving into an abundant business model anyway, going into the fourth industrial re- revolution. But there is so much for everyone. So, and this, this relates to so many things. Yes, as an entrepreneur, yes, as a business person, yes, as an employee, yes, also as a woman in, in, in the workforce. Now, let alone security, you know, this whole kind of limiting of everything, which, which is what I see a lot of what goes on now, this um, lack of victim mindset, um, limiting beliefs, no, I can't share. And that's why, you know, for me, it's about giving to gain, you know, so this and opening up, you know, all of these, all of these things, you know, so that we are we're in an abundant, a very giving mindset. So we lift each other up and we all do well together by sharing, collaborating um, and, and um, moving together as an industry to solve this, this problem rather than um, competition and competition is healthy, but no, you can't have it. It's mine. I'm not going to share. You're not going to get access. Everything's siloed down. Everything's locked down. And there is a lack of and this um, uh, knowledge hoarding. Yeah, and I think I recently absolutely agree and, and love what you say because you've resonated with me so much. And I've, and you know, I'm all for open sharing and giving back to the community. And yeah. I try to get together with uh, industry forums, and sometimes I resonate with uh, some of them, um, like the Always We Are initiative, the woman. There are tons of groups in London and, and around the UK that they resonate with and I support and sponsor and try to help. But some of them did one of the key challenges if a woman and then maybe you can share mm. your thoughts. <clears throat> like I haven't seen a lot of them working with each other, with each other's group. Absolutely. This, yeah. Yeah, there can be, there can be cat fights, there can be bitching, there can be a lack of. And, you know, I've been party to some of that so i've been like the middle person trying to sometimes yeah exactly mediate and get you know it's what i've done in companies you know with with teams and departments and things like that so bring people together we all want the same we've all got the same objective let's work together and do a better job and and so i've played that role sometimes with some of the women's groups out there i've heard the stories out there and some of them are really disappointing and shocking i've also felt sometimes and i'm holding my hand up here and 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 being totally transparent with you sometimes i've had this tension within myself it's just like well do i do that you know because you know they're doing something similar to me so then go i go into the lack of and and then you go into the whole women women thing and it's just like "Mm." and 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 whenever that happens i always always you know stop stop myself and go straight out there and it's just like don't be an imbecile give 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 but it but it's still it's still i mean i, I do it's that on the basis it's like a basic exactly it is it is a basic it's how we're wired you know as as women dealing with women as mammals you know female species but as, as people so it's and it's really tough because often you're going against how we are wired and then if you look at 
women in a male-dominated industry, so we're in a minority anyway. So we've got the pressures of stereotypes and being judged, and maybe they're only being one position. So we've we've we feel that environment, you know. So there is so much stuff going on, and it's hardly surprising that these things happen, and it is hard. And then also there's mis- misunderstandings and miscommunication, and and then we're also battling time. You know, I know, say for instance, right now that there's something that I should have done with a women's organization and I haven't managed to do it, you know, but that because I haven't managed to get to it because there's so much going on and it's, it's a case of focusing and we've had this conversation (laughs) often about focusing and, and not getting distracted and not giving too much and saying yes to too many things, which if you're a giver, it's very easy to do is going back and explaining. And if you don't do that, then there can be misinterpretations or you haven't done it. So therefore you don't care or, you know, yeah. you're competing. So the communication aspect is incredibly important for us in our industry. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I work really hard. Thank you everybody for listening. This was the first part. And this was your host together with Jane Franklin, helping us understand the challenge in our industry, the role of diversity, the challenge of becoming an entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy and you're going to listen to the second part. I wish you a pleasant evening and a pleasant continuation of your day. This was your host, Francesca Cipolloni. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com.